All right, so we're continuing on with our 2022 NFL Division Preview Series. This division will be the AFC West, and we are welcoming back a guest for some in a while now, Will Kalora. Thanks for having me back, guys. Didn't thought, thought the last time didn't go too hot because I didn't uh, didn't get an invite back uh, for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, the, my, your microphone was a, a little little shaky last time, but uh, we we definitely <laughs> wanted to have you back on to talk about football, which I think has kind of been the the main event for your your past few experiences here. So it made sense to you know have you on for one of our eight division series. So. <laughs> and um in terms of you being on the afc west basically you know there are only so many options left uh we asked if you had a preference for a division and you just said i can complain about anybody so just <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect uh, and uh i mean it's an interesting division last year i think that everybody was high on all four of these teams is more trying to just sell yourself on one of them being terrible maybe two of them and uh in the end, a lot of these teams didn't really live up to the hype, except for the team that ended up winning the Super Bowl and winning it for the eighth straight season, the Kansas City Chiefs. So it it, it went basically how any other year would go in, yeah, in this right. in this division, where we're all, especially me, we're hyping up you know other teams in this division, but it was still the same, pretty much the same order. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, more more or less. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely talk about the other three teams and see, you know, what we think about them. But let's start off by talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, MVP Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl last season. There's plenty of reasons to believe that they can uh, get back to the promised land. I believe they're the favorites across the board on you know, various sports books, not just to win the division, but to win the Super Bowl. So uh, let's kind of take a pause there, though, and let's focus on just them within the AFC West. Like I just said, they've won or they've won seven years in a row. I think they're going for number eight this year. What would be kind of the biggest thing that could prevent them from getting to the top of the AFC West once again? In my opinion, the the biggest factor, in my opinion, that would stop the Chiefs from going back-to-back would be, I think, their, their weapons on offense not producing enough to to repeat. Looking at their well, that's what we said last year, coming into last year, especially after they lost Tyreek Hill after trading him to Miami. But that didn't seem to be a problem. But I still look at it as a potential issue because you know Travis Kelsey, I still expect him to be great, but he is 34 years old now, and you know he probably could get out to a hot start. But I don't know, just at that age, at that position. You worry, you know, how long can he keep up this kind of production? And and another thing is that if they were to lose him, that would be the the, the Casey offense. They'd be in huge trouble, of course. And just looking at the rest of their offense after Kelsey, I, I just have, in my opinion, a lot of question marks with this team offensively where, like, Kadarius Toney, he's expected to be their number one wide receiver, and I definitely have questions about that because, you know, he made some big plays in the Super Bowl. Uh, but you know he he seems too much of a gadget guy to be a true number one receiver in my opinion. And I I remember the, I remember before they traded him uh, before they yeah traded for him the the Giants coaching staff couldn't stand him <laughs> they just couldn't take it with him anymore. And you know he's sending weird DMs to Giants fans and he's very injury prone. He's already hurt and the season hasn't even started yet. And I I I question if he can even stay healthy. And then, you know, Sky Moore, I expected him to be a much bigger part of the offense compared to last season. He's having a great training camp right now, and he could potentially break out this year. But he was pretty terrible as a rookie last year. <laughs> he didn't score a touchdown until literally the fourth the quarter Bowl. of the Super yeah. Bowl. Uh-huh. And so even though I expect him to have a bigger year than he did last year, I, I definitely question if you know, the guy can play or not. We'll see. Uh, they drafted Rashi Rice in the second round. Uh, that's a wild card. And we, you can make a case that, uh, this is going to sound crazy, but you can make a case their most reliable wide receiver on their team is Valdez Scantling, who's like the most inconsistent receiver I there is. I not where, him last season. <laughs> <laughs> like, the dude would average like what, like two or three catches a game for like 70 or 80 yards? Like, yeah. He's 
the definition of a deep threat. And so if and he, another thing is in the preseason, he's leading the receiving core in snaps uh, when Mahomes has been out there uh, in the preseason. So it's pretty wild to think about how like, wow, MVS is the guy that has to be relied on the most uh, of any of these wide receivers. Uh, so, it, Brian, oh yeah, go ahead. Brian, to your point, you, you brought up uh, Rashid Rice. I haven't heard his name at all coming out of their training camp. I, you know, there's been a Justin Ross who was a, yep. a draft pick yep. last year, but was hit with the injury mm-hmm. bug. He's supposedly the hot hand in this, this, uh, you know, this, this uh, camp this year, but I haven't heard anything of Rashid Rice. And quite honestly, I forgot they took him until I looked up their draft <laughs> no. a little early. <laughs> I, today, so, you know, I, so I don't blame you. He's I, dropped I don't know if a lot. I don't know if there's anything coming from him. Yeah. yeah. No, I've, yeah. I've heard he's been a problem if anything, like he hasn't lived up to the, so it's, it's probably another version of Sky Moore or McCole Hardman where they take a guy pretty highly and, and maybe may or may not pan out for, for a team that's as explosive as Kansas city is and winning multiple Super Bowls with, with, uh, with the weapons that they have offensively, they kind of suck at drafting. <laughs> <laughs> like Clyde Edwards, Alaire was a, has been a bust. Um, Hardman, Sky Moore after one year, like they've had some pretty bad picks as good as they've been. And so I guess that's the biggest thing I look at. And like, uh, Will, you mentioned Justin Ross. Uh, he was someone that was supposed to have a lot of potential, but then he got hurt at Clemson. So, yep. uh, so that kind of derailed him a little bit, but m- maybe he'll, be the breakout guy. I know Richie James had a pretty good year last year with the Giants and they brought him. So they got like all these receivers that are huge question marks after Kelsey. And so that's the biggest thing I look at. I guess another thing to mention is well, the maybe Will AFC... and I can come up with someone. Oh, first. okay. Well <laughs> was it gonna be a long thing, but but Okay, no fine. Talk yeah. Okay. Well I was just gonna say that if their division has improved along with the rest of the AFC, that could hurt their chances of being a one seed. When was I can't remember the last time the Chiefs had played a road playoff game. They've always played I don't think at home. They have with they Mahomes, have, right? With Mahomes, they've always Technically, been Technically, the Super Bowl against Tampa. <laughs> like that's that's yeah. the closest <laughs> they've come to a road game. <laughs> there were, yeah, so you know, five thousand that, people in the stands. So if they were to play in the playoffs on the road, I haven't we haven't seen that kind of adversity yet from mm-hmm. the Mahomes version, uh, the Casey version with Mahomes uh, as their quarterback. That was yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. Well, I guess anything to add outside of just the the receiving weapons. Yeah, to, to be honest, I I'm not as concerned with the receiving core. I know it's there's a lot of question marks there. I'd agree with you on that. But to me, the you know this this uh, Kansas City offense with Patrick Mahomes is almost like the Brady offense when uh, the Patriots offense with Brady. Uh, you know, it's you can you can roll out any of these you know gutless bums and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna uh, the, Patrick Mahomes is so talented that you know he can elevate anybody they put around him just just be fast you know be, be kind of one of those guys that get the ball in your hands and make a little bit of magic you know after you know after you catch the ball i'm not concerned in the slightest bit about the receiving fork uh you know and, and you know I, I to me the, the the thing that i put down was the injury bug it, there's there's one injury that that team can't afford and it's patrick mahomes and even then you know we saw that in the super bowl he gets injured and you just you know, whatever the heck that coach that medical staff put him on just do that for the rest of the season if he gets injured, because that's to me that's the only thing that can really derail this team. You know, and maybe you know maybe you get to a you know an AFC Championship game and you have a you know a flag that doesn't go their way kind of situation. How many times did that happen with uh you know with the Brady and the Patriots? And, and I'm going to make that re- reference again because that to me is who this team is. They are a dynasty that you know, when you have the best quarterback in the NFL, chances are you're going to be in the game every year. You know, Brian, Corey, you probably you, you remember this, but from the you know the, the wrong side of it. But Brian, how many times you know we, we were planning the AF what we were doing the the, the oh. day the, for the for a uh, AFC championship party in in September? Like it, we 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 knew that our you know our season was going to continue on into uh you know in, into the uh, the you know the early winter. So it was it's one of those things for for the Chiefs. I think the only thing that can really derail them is a major injury to Patrick Mahomes. I think that is their biggest, uh, you know, that is the the only fear as a Chiefs fan you, you know, you, you have to worry about, in my opinion. That's a good point. I, I will say to mention the Patriots stuff. Yeah, for like a decade, it was really just fast. Let's just fast forward to January. Just fast forward until <laughs> to the AFC Championship game and talk to me then because 
their division for such somewhere a long time. between 12 and 4 and 14 and yeah. 2. You knew it was going to be somewhere in there. It was just, yeah, the, 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 the rest was just a yeah, 4 The battle. combination of how good they were along with their division just being so, so bad was just a... They were basically a lock for a bye because you know, for years yeah, it was a 1 I, and 2 I seed. <laughs> I, I, I think that is what we are looking at right now with this uh, with, with the, uh, a, the AFC West. I think you were looking at the you know the Brady era of uh, you know of, of you know the, the the AFC West. You know, it, it, essentially, you have three teams that are looking at it like, hey, we, we could be something this year. And on the you know the outside, like at the end of the season, you're like, yeah, we should have we should have saw that. Uh, <laughs> it definitely feels that way. I, I think the one thing I'll say is I do think a Travis Kelsey major injury would be devastating. Uh, not quite Patrick Mahomes, but I. I had the same concerns about the Chiefs receiving core. You know, last year they were just good enough, mostly because Travis Kelsey was phenomenal. And yeah, he turns 34 in October. If he loses a step, then I think the Chiefs offense becomes a little less dynamic. If unless you know one of those receivers can turn into a Tyreek Hill type talent, I just I don't know that they're there. Uh, probably nitpicking at this point, but you know, one other thing that could actually slow down the offense, they have two new tackles. They uh, let Orlando Brown Jr. walk in free agency as well as Andrew Wiley. Now they have Donovan Smith, who was okay at times with the Bucks, not very great at the end, part of the reason why their offense was as bad as it was last year. And they brought in Juwan Taylor from the Jaguars on the right side. So I think that's one thing to potentially watch out for, which who knows, could possibly lead to some of those problems you talked about with the potential injury. You know, don't necessarily want to, you know, get too far ahead of ourselves with that. But uh, to me, that that would kind of be the thing is just like the changes on offense and taking like that far of a step back. But ultimately, if Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey continue to be the best, you know, quarterback, I would almost go to say quarterback receiver option. Like that's essentially what Travis Kelsey is, despite being a tight end. And, uh, you know, the offense should still be dynamic enough that they're going to be you know, a huge threat um, in this division and the conference as a whole. No matter what issue we look at, we are really just nitpicking because they're <laughs> they're very likely going to win 12 games and be in the mix for the one seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Corey, it's, you, know, you, bring up, uh, you bring up the signing of uh, Juwan Taylor. To me, that's, that was an interesting signing, you know, in itself, just because you – you, you, you know, apparently they, they like Jawan Taylor much more than they did uh, Orlando yeah. Brown going out and giving him. Uh, they ended up giving him $16 million more than they, you know, than the contract for Orlando Brown. Now, uh, listen, the, you know, NFL contracts, we all know, you know, they, 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 they they're written on a cocktail <laughs> napkin. It can be rip, ripped yeah. up at any point. It's all about However, guarantees. I mean, that's, that's, that's still something like that's, that's a, uh, that, that's a pretty big discrepancy for you to say like, eh, I don't want this guy that I just, that we gave up two years ago, a first round yep. pick for, we're just going to go sign this year. You know, we're going to go sign this guy because we think he's much better than this other, than, than the uh, lineman we just had. I think there's something to be said there. They, they clearly had a lot of confidence going out in, the, in paying Juwan Taylor the amount of money they did. So, you know, that, although that could be an issue, I, they, would, they saw something that, you know, the three of us, obviously, they you know, well, well above our pay grade. <laughs> yeah, and not necessarily saying that, like, oh, this is, like, such a terrible move on their part. Uh, I it's agree. an interesting like, one. It's an interesting one, yeah, and it's something that could potentially have an impact. I think one of the best things for an offensive line is continuity. So anytime you make multiple changes, you're putting yourselves at risk of uh, things not going as well out of the gates uh, as you want them to. Yeah, you risk continuity. John Taylor got... Sorry, you risk continuity, but... They're they're still one of the best still lines in my opinion in the league. So what are we gonna say, Will? Juwan Taylor got four million less than uh, in guaranteed money than Orlando Brown's entire contract. He got sixty million guaranteed. That's yeah. that's just, that's just that's funny money. Yeah, I was gonna that. say it wasn't it basically four for sixty four versus five for eighty. So essentially, just an extra year at sixteen million. Uh, it's four at eighty. Four at eighty. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah. And okay. Juwan, T- Juwan yeah. Taylor's a right tackle, tackle yeah. too. Not and well, yeah, Orlando Brown's a left tackle. Yep. Nothing to so. mention. Yeah, no, and I think it's worth talking about. Fair. So, um, anyway, so sounds like all of us are very high on the Chiefs this year, and you know, it's it's gonna take uh, a lot for them not to win this division again. But in this scenario where they don't or whatever, I guess who is the biggest threat to to them uh, just within this division of those other three teams? Gee, I wonder who I'm going to pick for this <laughs> question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 
I might be a fool, but I, I'm I'm not I'm just not going to give up on this Chargers thing. <laughs> I I really believe that they're still the biggest threat to the Chiefs, and even though their season ended in a catastrophe, they technically were the biggest threat to the Chiefs in this division because the other two teams didn't even make the playoffs and didn't even come close. And I'm not saying that's going to be the case uh, for the Broncos and Raiders this year in terms of like really stinking, but I still believe the Chargers are the biggest threat to the Chiefs. I I believe Justin Herbert is still uh is still a great quarterback and is in for a, a big season. I think he'll really benefit with the offensive coordinator change, uh, you know, replacing Lombardi with Kellen Moore. I just think their offense was just too conservative last year. Herbert had the fourth lowest A dot in the whole league, someone with as big of an arm as he does. And so they they definitely were not aggressive enough offensively. But part of that was not just the play calling, but also just I think I think injuries played a part too. Where Herbert he battled um, you know a fractured rib cartilage and he had a torn labrum and, and he suffered in week two last year in that Chiefs Thursday night game. And they also lost Rashawn Slater, their left tackle, in week three. And you know Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I think they make a great wide receiver duo. They're barely on the field together last year. Like uh, Keenan missed a big chunk of the beginning of the year, and then when he came back, Mike Williams got hurt, and Mike Williams didn't even play in that playoff game, which was costly. So, you know, injuries are part of the game, but if you take that part out, like, hey, like when they're healthy, you know, they got a really great offense. And, you know, after those guys, like they drafted Quentin Johnson the first round, and Austin Eckler is a touchdown machine. He's such a great receiving back. And, again, also another thing, when they're – healthy their old line is one of the best in the league and I just think all those factors when it comes to health play calling spending high draft capital uh, I, I believe they still have one of the best offenses in the league and I have more faith in their offense than their defense because their their run defense has just killed them the past two years we saw yep. two years ago Jacobs had that run and led to a field goal and you know ended the Chargers season and then just last year where ETN had that big run in fourth down and and then a field goal ended their season again. And uh, so that's like definitely the, their biggest weakness. But I still think there's some, I, I have some high hopes for their defense uh, with, you know, with Bosa and Mac. Uh, they, it, it puts up a, a really strong pass rush still. And they, they have a really good secondary with Derwin James and Asante Samuel Jr. Wow, that makes me feel ancient uh, saying that. And, and then JC Jackson also got hurt last year. And, he probably was better. He probably was a better fit in the Patriots system than the Chargers one. But when healthy, I still think he's a good corner. And so, I still, I still like the Chargers. I know I'm a fool, but there's, there's still too much to like about their team for me to say uh, that they're not the biggest threat. Yeah, hey, a lot of talent in that team, and uh, luckily last year was just an anomaly with the the Chargers when it comes to health because they they always have things go perfectly right for them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go well Brian? i i yeah you know to, to uh one thing that's one thing that uh you know is a common uh common occurrence on this uh podcast on the uh, guest is brian and i agreeing on things and this is another one uh i i, I too am pretty high on the charges i think they're a team that's been you know I, i'm just listening to brian going down the list of this injury and that injury and this injury and that injury this team couldn't catch a break last year and you know i i you, Sure, you got to roll with the punches that they're you know they're thrown at you, but you know just to make the playoffs with all the names that you mentioned and you know the the you know the the bodies that went down last year, you got to imagine that if they stay healthy and that, you know again that's a huge if you have a huge lot of guys who are injury team. prone on this yep. team, uh, you know but it but it's uh, you know it's to me th- this is a team that really should in theory be able to put it all you know have it all you know together. Realistically, I think this is a team that if they you know if uh, we talk about it, the the Chiefs ending up in that you know number two seed. You could realistically see a Chiefs Chargers uh, playoff game, and I think of all the teams that I you know I, you could see in the wild card. I would put my money if I had to, you know thinking of who who could make the wild card. I'd put my money on the Chargers to upset the Chiefs in the playoffs. I, there's something that I just that I that I like about this team. There's something that I you know I I'm personally a Herbert guy. I, I I've liked him since he came out of Oregon. Uh, you know, I, th- I think he's, I think he just has the stuff. Uh, you know, I, I think they've put together a great defense and quite frankly, 
Quentin Johnson was my, you know, that, that was my guy that this, the entire off season, I was like, Patriots <laughs> draft him. If he falls to you, then, then, you know, then, then uh, I think it was the 15th or 14th overall pick, whatever it was Patriots, you know, Patriots roll around. I'm like, he's available. Let's go. <laughs> we trade out. Yep. Fall to 17. He's still, there. He's still available. Let's uh... go. And, you know, obviously that, that, that's not how it went. So I, I, I think that uh, Quinton Johnson being able to not just go into a system that is so wide receiver friendly, but also be, you know, those are two, two good names to learn from. You know, and it's, there's something to be said about a rookie, rookie, uh, especially as raw as Quinton Johnson is, you know, he, someone who really needs to develop his route tree. Uh, you know, I think there's something to be said about a guy like that being able to come into a, a system where he can, you know, lean on a, a wide receiver room as skilled and as knowledgeable as the Chargers, uh, Chargers receive, uh, receiving corp. So when they when the injury bug eventually hits one of those three guys, at least they have two others that are there to, you know, pick up the slack. So I'm um, I'm high on uh, you know, I'm high on the Chargers as well to potentially uh, be the biggest challenge to the Chiefs. Oh, and when the Chiefs eventually win the uh, when make it to the playoffs. The Chargers could be their Achilles heel. I thought I would be on an island. Wow. No. I... <laughs> okay. You know what? I, let me just say this. The Chargers are the second best team in this division. I, I think, like, you know, last year the Raiders and the Broncos are not very good. Both of them have a lot to do to just jump the Chargers, let alone catch up to the Chiefs. And I know that I always have a reason to be down on the Chargers. I mean, you talk about all these guys. Like, yeah, they're great when they're healthy. If you play on Madden and turn off injuries, I think the Chargers can beat the Chiefs and win the Super Bowl. I just don't <laughs> trust this team. And it's like, when it comes down to it, I would say that the Chargers feel like the right answer here. But the one team that I, I can, can't help myself from kind of making an argument for it, and I'm going to preface this by saying, I think the Chiefs are winning this division again. I don't know that they have a true threat. But the one team, when I look at these three the Denver Broncos made to me the biggest potential change by getting rid of Nathaniel Hackett and bringing in Sean Payton. I'm not convinced that he can fix Russell Wilson, but if their offense can get to the level that everyone assumed it would be last season when they brought Russell Wilson in, I think the Broncos have the best defense in this division. Chargers have a great pass defense, awful run defense. Raiders have a pretty solid run defense, awful pass defense. Broncos are across the board pretty good defensively. And just looking at this team head-to-head, as bad as the Broncos were last year, they put up two uh, one-score games against the Chiefs. In games that he late in the season, they were already over. Like, you're like, Denver doesn't have a shot anymore. And they still went toe-to-toe with them. Uh, realistically, I'm not totally convinced, but... I think if Denver can take the leap that they like to me, they're the team that's kind of in the best spot because the Chargers have a new DC. He's just a secondary coach from last year. They don't have a new mind necessarily coming in. Raiders have the same defensive coordinator. I do think the Chargers offense can be really good and maybe their offense can compete with the Chiefs if the Chiefs offense takes a step back. But I feel like Denver has the best opportunity to make a huge leap. And I think that makes them kind of threatening and scary here. Well, they had the best chance to make a huge lead because they they can't couldn't possibly <laughs> yeah. be worse last year. Uh-huh. So if anyone's gonna make a jump, if, if every team makes makes a jump, like they're one, they're the ones that makes the biggest jump because yeah. of just uh-huh. how putrid they were last year. Yeah, yeah, and look, nope. I don't want to sit here and say like I'm I'm predicting the Broncos to to steal the the Chiefs' thunder here. Uh, ultimately, I think the the team that would be most likely is probably the Chargers if everything does go right with them, but. Uh, you know, it's just, if anything, it's just kind of giving a different answer. Uh, that being said, you know, we, we talked about the Chargers. We talked about the Chiefs. Um, haven't really talked about the Raiders, who have also made some some notable changes. Um, just like the Broncos, instead of changing head coach, though, it's changing quarterback. So uh, Raiders are bringing out Jimmy Garoppolo, reuniting him with Josh McDaniels, where he was a, a backup for a few years back in uh, New England. And, of course, the Broncos shelled out a ton of money to make uh, Sean Payton, their head coach, to pair with Russell Wilson. So which of those two teams has the higher ceiling this year after very disappointing seasons last year? There is no doubt in my mind that Sean Payton with Russell Wilson has a higher ceiling than McDaniels uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I think they also have a lower floor because Wilson could easily be washed and he and can't be fixed by anyone anybody he had career lows in <laughs> just any every stat imaginable completion percentage he had career lows in touchdowns it was so bad last year that there was a thing where 
uh, will Wilson have more touchdowns this year or more bathrooms in his house? And it was getting to a point where like, wow, he might have less touchdowns this year than bathrooms in his house. Like he obviously did pass it. Uh, cause he has, I think a dozen bathrooms in his house and, uh, Wilson did eventually pass that number luckily for him, but way longer than it should have. It, exactly. And another thing is he took the a league high, uh, sex last year. So it seems like his offensive line, wherever he is, whether it's in Seattle or Denver has not helped him whatsoever. And part of me is wondering like, okay, is this Russell Wilson's fault because he doesn't get rid of the ball quick enough? Or does he just have the worst luck when it comes to his when it comes to this offensive line, I don't know. Or maybe it's just a combination of both. But so I think they have a lower floor, but I, I I definitely believe they have the higher ceiling. I think they have the more successful head coach and quarterback because even though, like, Sean, you know, Sean Payton, he only has one Super Bowl, he's definitely one of the sharpest offensive minds in the league. And even though McDaniels had plenty of success as an OC in New England, he hasn't had really any success much at all as a head coach and I think see even though I don't think they have the higher ceiling the in terms of the Raiders uh with McDaniels and Garoppolo I think they have the higher floor because McDaniels and Garoppolo you know they have that connection in New England and so I like to believe that uh you know they have a good floor especially with just how bad uh with how bad uh the Broncos floor is just given what we saw last year but I believe they have the higher ceiling. I just think that coach combi- quarterback combination uh, can be really successful, and I think Russell Wilson will be more locked in this year. Uh, he's already already reports about how good a shape he's in compared to last year, and yeah, I just think they 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 also have Super Bowl uh, Super Bowls in the past, both of them, and so yeah, I'm I'm leaning with uh, Wilson and, and Peyton for sure. You know, uh, the, the way that Corey uh, worded this in the you know the, the notes leading up to this was, uh, who is the higher ceiling? The Broncos with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. And I want to highlight that part right there because I, I just want to be very clear that it is the uh, Broncos and Sean Payton. Because quite honestly, I think, the, the, you know, this this is a take that I, you know, I, I, I don't think is all that hot. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Stidham is starting for this team by the end of the. Which season. is why they have a lower uh, floor. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, quite, you know, to be clear, I think this like I think this team with Jared Stidham is not that bad. You saw what Jared Stidham did with the Raiders last year. Put up a fight against the Niners. Significant, significant upgrade in coaching. I uh, I would say uh you know, I, you know I, I'd have to go line by line on the roster, but I'd say the defense of the the Broncos is much better than the defense of the sure. Raiders. And I don't, you know, yes, you don't have Devontae Adams, but it's not like this wide receiver Roman for the, for the Broncos. Is yeah, all that yeah. Bad. So for me, I, yeah, Judy and Sutton are good for, for me. I exactly it's, this is a, this is a pretty stacked, uh, you know, team all, you know, as well. I think Russell Wilson is their biggest problem. I, I, I you know, this was, I remember when that trade happened, the you know, Seattle moving him to, uh, to uh, Denver and people were saying like, could you imagine uh, Russell Wilson with Javante Williams and uh, Jerry Judy and Courtney Sutton? I'm like, he had Chris Carson, uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and they threw up a, a seven and ten season. Or you know, like, it, why were we expecting this massive boost out of uh, Russell Russell Wilson and the the it feels Broncos? Feels so silly now, looking listen, back on it. <laughs> I know. I, I <laughs> it's. <laughs> Like that, that was that right there, especially if like with the seasons that they've had since and seeing how low those draft picks were that they traded away, that may go down as like if, if Russell Wilson is done, if, if, if we've seen the best of Russell Wilson's football, that is going to go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history, or, or at least most lopsided, yep. uh, you know, because it's, you know, you especially look at some of the guys that they, that Seattle has grabbed with those picks. Like that's gonna be that's gonna be something that I think the that Denver fans are looking at scratching their head. And Corey, you had said earlier they paid Sean Payton a lot mm-hmm. of money. They also gave up draft capital yeah, for him. They did. And that's that's how that desperate they are pick, for yeah. this to work. Like, it, you you essentially had to give up a third first round pick for Russell Wilson, like because you you looked at it and you said we this is our only hope of trying to salvage anything possible from the two first rounders we just gave up. And mind you, Geno Smith is playing better than Russell Wilson. You know, is the 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 replacement for shot. Uh, you know, the replacement for Russell Wilson. But with that said, you know, the, the question really was: is uh, you know who is the higher ceiling between you know the uh, the Broncos and the Raiders? I go back to Josh McDaniels and going back to his days 
with the Broncos. What has Sean or what has Josh McDaniels ever shown as far as a uh, you know a head coach that makes you think he you know he has any kind of like upside? You know he he blamed it what on uh, on Derek Carr being the problem last yeah. year? No, <laughs> but you know as I as I think about it. Jimmy G might be the best quarterback that Josh McDaniels has ever coached. Uh, had been been the head coach, right. yeah. you know. Because besides that, it was Tim Tebow and uh, Kyle yeah. Orton and, and, yep. in Denver. And uh, you know, De- Derek Carr. If we want to, you know, if we want to call him, you know, better than Jimmy G, I think that's kind of like a, you know, it's kind of flip flopping. Yeah, where this is, this is, where I think if if they were Spider Man pointing at each other right there, I, I, th- I think Jimmy G. <laughs> When healthy, if, if if they were healthy every game, like I probably would rather have Jimmy G with McDaniel's than Carr, but it's just that Jimmy G is never healthy, and Carr and Carr for the most part for his entirety of his career has been healthy and durable. But I do like the connection yeah. with Jimmy G with McDaniel's better, which which would give me some hopes for the Raiders. But it's like like it's like what you said, Will. What is what has Josh ever accomplished as a head coach in the league? Really, nothing. To to. And just just one final point: the only reason Josh McDaniel still has a job is because the Raiders literally do not have any more yep. money to go out and pay a, a third co- coach. Because you're still paying Gruden ten million. Uh, I don't know what the McDaniel's contract is, but you can't pay three head coaches. No, they don't. They don't have the the money that the Walmart family has in Denver, <laughs> where they could just get rid of Nathaniel Hackett after less than a year, and then give Sean Payton eighteen million a year. Yeah, ten uh, years, a hundred million for. This- an ESPN analyst. I loved Gruden on ESPN. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. He was so great in those quarterback camps. And uh, uh, I, I thought he was I awesome get on Monday Night Football. He yeah. was. Oh, he was so good on Monday Night Football and the draft. Like he was. I I legitimately was a fan of Gruden on ESPN. But him coming back to head coaching in the NFL at that contract after being out of the game for that long. Oh, it was so bad uh, of a deal. Um, yeah, and then obviously and, ended on a very and ended even note. worse than anyone could have ever anyone could have uh, ever imagined. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know what? We kind of talked about this, and I was wondering if maybe we should change the wording. I decided to leave it as who is the higher ceiling, and I agree that the Broncos have the higher ceiling. I might have said they're the biggest threat to the Chiefs in this division if they reach that ceiling with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. But I think that the Raiders are more likely to reach that ceiling, and. Look, is Jimmy Garoppolo a huge upgrade over Derek Carr? In my mind, not really. Pairing him with Josh McDaniels. Okay, he was the backup quarterback. He started, what, two games with the Patriots when McDaniels was the OC. I think there's only so much of a sample size with those two. But, again, he all he does is win. When he's with the 49ers, all he did was win when he was healthy. A lot of that was probably a team around him and the coach and whatever. But... A healthy Jimmy Garoppolo has had a proven track record of being a great game manager who doesn't necessarily hurt his team. His ability to help his team win games is maybe a question mark, being able to make comebacks, win games on his own. I don't know. But I do think that you know the Raiders have a the better ability to reach their ceiling. And I, I do think that uh, when it comes down to it, there's a good shot that they will be uh, back in the mix and when it comes to being like a potential wildcard team in the AFC like they were in 2021 when they made the playoffs, uh, you know, ahead of the Chargers, who I think were a better team on paper. So uh, yeah, if it, you get if you if you combine Sean Payton's you know offensive mind along with Russell Wilson coming back to form and reaching his peak of what he was in his prime in Seattle, I would say, yeah, like they definitely have the higher ceiling. But to answer your other question, Corey, who is more likely to reach that ceiling? Uh, I think I would also pick uh, Vegas or, or, you know, with McDaniels and Garoppolo. Because, like, yeah, like, like what Will said, I think there's a chance that Wilson really could be done and be completely washed. While, while yep. Jimmy G, if he's healthy, I think the Raiders could be a solid team, maybe not a playoff team. Uh, there's just too many good teams in the AFC for me to pick them in the top seven. But, yeah, the Raiders do have a solid roster. You know, their defense has always been pretty bad, but I do like their their D-line with Max Crosby, and they they drafted Tyree Wilson in the first round as well, and they get back Chandler Jones. Granted, he was so bad last year. Maybe that won't make a, a big difference. One, one really good play. Yeah, he had, yeah, the great, <laughs> yeah, yeah, great play by uh, 
new new Las Vegas Raiders player uh, Jacoby Myers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Garoppolo has some decent weapons around him. Obviously, Devontae is one of the best receivers in the league, but Josh Jacobs had an awesome year last year. Uh, I did not see that coming whatsoever, and I really like Jacoby Myers in New England. I wish he was still there. And then Hunter Renfro had a down year, and you know, two years ago we saw he was a huge part of their offense uh, and even helped them get to the playoffs that year. So if Hunter Renfro could have a bounce-back season, they could have a pretty good offense, maybe even really good. Yeah, so. I mean, he's not a guarantee to even be on the roster. I know the that's so started. crazy, but <laughs> he was just—he was so vital for them just two years ago. Yeah, I know. He should be their third receiver, mm-hmm. and and now Waller isn't there either. So like that's that'll be a huge loss uh, for them. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think also just in terms of Denver and talking about Russell Wilson, he's not looked great in the preseason, which. You know, they've only done so much on offense with the first team. But even against the Cardinals, I think it was against the Cardinals' backups, he did not look very good. So, uh, you know, what I'm hearing about the Broncos' offense from training camp in the preseason is there's problems. Offensive line doesn't look great. Russell Wilson doesn't look great. So that's just another reason to kind of have doubts about Denver's ability to actually reach that ceiling and thinking that almost by default, the Raiders have to be good enough with uh, their situation. So... um. All right, and now let's kind of ask, you know, the last multiple team question we have here. So we're going to stick with the Raiders, stick with Josh McDaniels. We're going to bring in Brandon Sealy of the Chargers. So last season, there were a lot of people who were speculating with Josh McDaniels would keep his job even halfway through his first season in Las Vegas with how things were going early in the year there. And I think Brandon Saley is someone who a lot of people love uh, at times with his uh, thinking and his aggressiveness, but he ultimately ended the season with his team losing a playoff game that they led 27 to nothing. So I don't know how the two teams are internally viewing both of their coaches, but I think it's fair for both fan bases to have questions about these two guys long-term as head coaches. So I was going to say between the two of them, who has a hotter seat? as head coach Staley or McDaniels uh there's no doubt in my mind that Brandon Staley is on the hotter seat than than Josh McDaniels at least for Josh like yeah again he hasn't really had much success at all as a head coach but you you know you could make excuses for him where like hey he's one year into his Raiders tenure uh, and he had Derek Carr as his quarterback last year and now Jimmy G will likely be an upgrade and maybe the Raiders can be better this season compared to last and and like Will said that they can't even get another head coach so he's already there already and they really can't get another option anyway so you can make enough excuses for McDaniels where it's like all right like he'll 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 still be the head coach for this season and maybe even beyond and you know give it some time but when it comes to Brandon Staley like this is a make or break year for the Chargers. The the last two seasons have ended really poorly and you could say he's the biggest reason to blame for it as well with yeah, with his aggressiveness and you know, like Brandon Staley, he's just so in over his head when it comes to his aggressive play style and which is kind of a nice way of saying he's an idiot. <laughs> like I <laughs> I've, I've kind of given up on him as a as a sharp head coach, I, I definitely have questioned his his ways. Even though I I like that I I, I like uh, when teams are aggressive, but I just think he goes way too far with it with the analytics, and I I don't know if he's capable of being a head coach in the league. And yeah, like the, and there's just way too much talent on that Chargers team uh, to just not even have a playoff win like on the resume. So I, I'm definitely going with Staley. For this question yeah uh, just to continue the trend we've had all uh, all episode uh i am also going with staley and you know i Corey, i i'm glad i uh you know i picked i i, I didn't realize you know why you know that i had picked the uh the afc or I, I knew i picked the afc west but i didn't realize like you know thinking about like the last time that i had watched an afc west game and uh, i was january 14th i was in the hospital uh, my, uh, my wife had just given birth to our, uh, lovely baby girl. And, uh, the very first night that I was you know, sitting there with Grace in my arms, uh, I got to, sh- t- I got to share a special moment with Grace as we watched football and so excited. I was you know telling everybody that came in, oh yeah, we got to play a football today. 
in 27 to nothing. Ooh, I'm, I'm sitting there and I, I turned to Grace, obviously being a being less than a day old, and I said, "Well, hon, this is not football. This is just a joke." <laughs> and well, I'll be damned. We got it. We got a day football game. I'll tell you that was that was one of the that, that was that was a moment that you know when we talk about you know yeah we, we we talk about uh, the the Chargers. That's something that I will always remember is holding you know holding my daughter. She was dead asleep. Anna was uh, you know Anna was asleep, and you know just watching that game unfold. And I'm thinking to myself, "There's no way. There's no way." <laughs> And I got to imagine, as an unbiased fan, that was probably what watching the uh, the Falcons uh, Patriots Super Bowl was. Just looking at that, going, "This can't happen. This, this, there's no way." So initially, I was going to say uh, I was going to say Josh McDaniels, but after you know we've talked a little bit, I, I've talked myself out of it because, quite frankly, I don't think they have the money to do it. They I, I just looked up uh, McDaniels' contract. He's making ten million bucks himself. So if they cut McDaniel's or if they fire McDaniel's right now, they're going to be paying Bill Belichick. Suppose like no one knows how much Bill Belichick makes. It's it's estimated that he makes twenty million a year. Yeah, I've always they're, heard twenty million. They would be make they would be paying uh, Gruden and uh, McDaniel's the same amount of money that Bill Belichick makes to not be anywhere around the football program. Like I just don't think that they're going to you know then shell out another eight million. They're not going to shell out twenty-eight million among amongst their you know three head coaches. So I, I think Staley has to be the answer here, just because I, I I just don't think that there's a possibility that the Raiders let go of McDaniel's. I think they you know they buy him more time, or well they buy themselves more time than anything. And you know I I, I think there's a chance that if uh, the Chargers do come out and they look gross, if they if they finish with like a you know seven and ten record. There, that's probably a fireable offense with that team. Absolutely, uh, you know. But it, but at the same time, if they come out, you know, and they have a a, a nine and eight season, Brian, do you think you know it, nine and eight and miss the playoffs? Do you think that's a fireable offense still? Because I I think this team has shown like again, you know, I, they, I'm going to call Herbert a young quarterback. He's you know been in the league for a little while now. He's on his new new contract, I believe. Uh, I, I, I feel like you still need to get like they're working towards something. And it's it, to me, that's just a matter of time before that team clicks. But if, if they do come out and have a bad season, uh, you know, and miss the playoffs and, you know, arguably have a, a, a bottom 15 team. Yeah. I, I think Staley's out. I, I, I don't, I don't know how you, they, they that. also brought in Kellen Moore who you could say yes, is the, the that... soon to be replacement. If, if things don't go well. This I think, year. yeah, I think Kellen Moore, like that. I was waiting to throw him in. I think he is a reason to make the seat hotter for Brandon Staley. I have doubts about him. I'm not convinced that he's as great of as an offensive coach as a lot of people think he is. I think the Cowboys had so much offensive talent. They should have been better than they were at times. Uh, that being said, he's someone who's been rumored with head coach jobs in the past. And if the Chargers want to make a uh, move midseason, they have a guy on the staff seemingly who could come in. I think McDaniel's seat should be hotter than it is. I mean, it's easy to just say, well, the Raiders aren't really going to fire him because they don't want to pay three different coaches or whatever, all this money. I do think that the Raiders last year were such a huge disappointment. And now that McDaniel's has his handpicked quarterback, if things still don't look better, then it's a McDaniel's problem. It's not a Derek Carr problem. And ultimately the Chargers were a, playoff team last season they have finished above 500 i think there's plenty of reasons to question staley i also have a lot of frustration with the way he um you know over his over aggressiveness sometimes it works i mean in that raiders playoff game against uh you know not playoff game week 18 game he went for fourth down a ton and it's because they didn't have a choice (laughs) yes of course but early in the game he also did something stupid going for it well in his like own the 20 uh, yard line the their 20 yeah. yard line <laughs> in like the third quarter so yeah, yeah it, it's a very frustrating spot to be in ultimately i do think that the chargers have slightly more excuses when it just comes down to just the franchise being cursed or whatever you want to call it is that's really what it feels like there's just something going against them um but it's one of those things where I think that Staley is more likely to lose his job than McDaniels. So it, it almost feels like he should be the right answer here. But from just a pure, if, you know, the Walmart family owned the Raiders instead of the Broncos, then I think that McDaniels would be very much uh, on the hot seat here. And it's just easy to say, well, 
Mark Davis is one of the least liquid owners in the league, so he's not going to fire another head coach after just a season uh, I, and a half. See, even if you take that part out, he's one year into his tenure with the Raiders. Uh, just like I, we don't see too many head coaches that get fired two years in, unless if you're Joe Judge, or one year in if you're Nathaniel Hackett. Not even a full season. Like you have to be really, really bad. I, it looked, it, and it was bad. They, like that, that team looked so dysfunctional. And to have your quarterback, you know, openly, if I remember correctly, he, the quarterback uh, Cart was out there openly bashing McDaniel, saying that it wasn't clicking. Like there was, there, there was, that was a, that was, that looked bad. And, and you know, just for if fans can see it, I got to imagine that there were more analytics that were, you know, that that were, you know, screaming, "Hey, something's wrong here." Like there, there's, there, that was, they looked bad. And for you're right. Year one, year two, you're usually given a pass. The fact that it was brought up last year—that's true. It was brought up so often last year. Half a season, like, <laughs> uh, it was. And look, here's what I'll say: as bad as the Chargers losing to the Jaguars after going out twenty-seven nothing was, I think the Raiders losing to Jeff Saturday's Colts is such a oh, worse loss. Oh yeah, I forgot that. oh yeah i know it was like week nine so it's easy to forget but that is to me is like the low point uh oh that is a low point no matter what the rosters are like yeah when you have a a coach his first game he speaking of coaches that come from espn he really did go from espn (laughs) to the head coaching job a week later uh Uh, oh that was wild yeah beat mcdaniel's raiders just like to me that's just an unforgivable that that is that is a very low point i guess i'm just a little biased no i get it that you know he he had Uh, even though he's the offensive coordinator and not the head coach he still played a part in helping the patriots win uh, as many playoff games as they as they did yeah and you're but, obviously really high on the chargers and you know want to be able to just and that too Staley. Yeah. And that no, too. I, 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 I totally get it and uh i think it's one where both coaches should have some level of fire under their seats and you know the chargers just might be more likely to make a move and might be more justified in that they are a better team than the raiders and Staley has been there one year longer you know he's had two years under his belt actually i saw a stat sometime last year that said Coaches who don't reach the conference championship game in their first two seasons as head coach, just their first two seasons. It going back, I don't remember how far back, but historically, it's a very large sample size of them never winning a Super Bowl uh, or even going to the Super Bowl, never making the Super Bowl. I think Ron Rivera is like one of the few exceptions in the last couple of decades. So. Um, you know, to me, two years is kind of enough in some cases. It seems crazy to say, but that is a, a trend where we've seen like a lot of coaches kind of come in and they're able to fix problems that, you know, the previous guy just couldn't get over the hump. So um, anyway, I think that'll kind of do it for these types of questions. Let's go ahead and move on with our questions that we ask at the end of every divisional preview. And we'll start with a new addition to the AFC West that we believe could have the biggest impact. I'm uh, I'm glad I'm going first for this question because uh, Will kind of mentioned a lot of things about Quentin Johnston already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm definitely high on the Chargers, and I I think he'll play a big uh, part of why uh, I think the Chargers will be still relevant uh, this this year because. Even though I like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, it's very likely one, if not both, <laughs> will get hurt at some point in this this season, and they're gonna have to rely uh, a lot on Quentin Johnston, who they drafted 21st overall at a TCU, and I just think with his frame, uh, at just at his size, and with how you know how often the Chargers will push the ball down the field this year, and how you know more aggressive they will be this season, uh, I think. Johnston will fit in really well in the Chargers offense. So I'm going to go with him. Yeah, I I I I turned I got I got turned on to him like towards the end of last year when I actually, you know, started watching TCU football. Uh but just seeing him in that seeing him in the uh college football playoffs, there was the, he he passes the eye test. I I can't tell you what his route tree looks like. But there's something about breakaway speed. You get, you know, I was watching some highlights on him, and he just catches like the way he can catch the ball. And I know it's college level talent, but just to break away, I'd agree with you. I didn't have him. Uh, I, I didn't have him as my uh, biggest impact. 
I'm kind of surprised you didn't steal this from me, and we've talked about him a whole lot. Sean Payton. Uh, Hackett was so bad. <laughs> the it, worst. Not just not just was not just was Hackett bad, but the fact that Sean Payton came out and made the comments that he did about uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Yep. Like, I don't I don't think that like the, the, the common football fan understands how bad that that Hackett you know group was. The three four games into the season, and they're they're telling the media. We're not leaving the stadium. We're sleeping here overnight until we figure this thing out. Like, but how about you go home and get a night's sleep and then go back to the drawing board <laughs> and figure this out? So, anyways, that to me, I I think that's by far the biggest impact. And if if they if they kept a war, you know, if the NFL kept a war and you could track the the, the war of uh, the wins above replacement at a coach level, I bet you that I bet you Sean Payton's war would just be off the charts. Because again, you're coming in replacing somebody who was down about here, and then you know you're coming, you're you're going to be replacing a dude. You're, you, even if you are a warm body, you are a better head coach than Nathaniel Hackett. Just all you need to do is pull up plays from Madden, and you are a better head coach than Nathaniel Hackett. That's my opinion. So that's why I think that Sean Payton is the uh, the, the biggest addition to this uh, the, this conference. Yeah, so I mean, I think Sean Payton is kind of a an obvious answer here. Um, you know, it definitely makes sense. I guess uh, I assume your your Quentin Johnson is more slightly off the board answer there. Yeah, and, and anytime I do these or we do these, I I always try to go a little bit off the board when it comes to biggest impact because the because the real right answer is Sean Payton, yes. <laughs> but uh-huh. but uh, I I just just like being slightly contrarian and just picking someone. Just a little bit off the board. That's just a personal thing. So my, my backup, if I'm not allowed to, uh, if, if I'm not allowed to pick Sean Payton, my backup is Mike McGlicky. I think that offense, that offensive line looked pathetic last year. I think there's a reason they went out and spent the money on uh, McGlicky like they did. They were they're, they're trying to salvage that, you know, whatever they can. They're doing anything, anything they can to put a better team in front of uh, uh, in front of uh, Russell Wilson. So you know, really just trying to prove is Russell Wilson the problem. So. McGlicky would be my backup there. Yeah, I mean, their, their offense as a whole has a lot of problems. I do think the offensive line is a big piece. Uh, we talked, so I, I had Quentin Johnson written down as an option. We talked about Juwan Taylor earlier and the impact he could have with the Chiefs. So I'm going to go with another Bronco, but I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. Zach Allen, who uh, they brought in to help with the defensive line. Now, the Broncos defense was very good last year. A big piece of that was Draymond Jones, who had 47 tackles and six and a half sacks. Last season with the Cardinals, not a very good team. Zach Allen had 47 tackles and five and a half sacks. If he can come in and kind of be a seamless replacement, the Broncos defense can continue to be really good. I think if the Broncos defense takes any kind of a step back, their offense already has to make such a big leap that... Uh, you know, they, they spent money on Zach Allen to, to keep things going on defense. And if they, they, uh, don't that this team just doesn't have a lot of hope. Uh, they, they have to win games defensive, even if the, even though bringing Sean Payton, they obviously have to make a big jump offensively. I, I still believe that even with the addition of Sean Payton, they still have to be relied on more with winning games defensively than with their offense, just yeah. given just how bad how bad their offense is even if they make a jump I, I can't see them going from worst to one of the worst to one of the best offenses but as bad as they were last year it was it was uh their defense was still really solid yeah i mean it's remarkable how good their defense was just given how much time they were on the field you know with their their offensive struggles and you know they're still a top 10 defensive stats team in the league uh despite being a you know, bottom of the line, literally last in scoring. They only averaged 16 points per game. So that's pathetic. All right. So let's uh, move on to the player or coach who is under the most pressure in this division. So, Will, why don't you get us started this time? Uh, So I I think the coach that is under the most pressure is uh, Josh McDaniels. You know, we've talked about him enough, but I, I can't imagine that there's not a lot of pressure sitting on his shoulders. He was able to bring in his guy. You know, there's a lot of back and forth that him and Carr butted heads. Carr didn't have the work ethic or whatever, whatever it actually was. Uh, you know, he could bring in his guy. Um, you know, and it, I think if he, if I, I don't, I think like, I don't think he's going to be fired at the end of this season. 
But I think he, you know, at the very least, that's going to be a very hostile work environment. You know, that, that you're going to be sitting there with your ownership and your, uh, you know, your fan base sitting there. You know, you, you walk into games, you're going to get booed. You walk out of games, you're going to get booed. I, I would, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm if I'm anybody in that division, I think it, you know Russell Wilson. You made your money. What do you care? You know, go, you know, go go take a you know, go take a dump on any of your twelve toilets. You know, as you're getting booed off the uh, the <laughs> field. You know, Russell Wilson's fine. Uh, you know, I, I, to me, I think you know Josh McDaniels. Like, I don't know how you don't have the the, the weight of the, you know the the weight of the world on your shoulders right now because if you, this doesn't work, that's it. This is this is his last chance as a as a head coach. I, I don't think there's any scenario that he gets another shot after you know, whenever it is that the Raiders let him go. He's not going to go down as one of these dudes who's with the Raiders for 40 years, 30 years until he retires. I can't fathom there's ever a team that gives him another shot after how bad the Denver Broncos looked under his, you know, under him and how the Raiders looked last season. So if he doesn't turn the ship around, I think it's pretty much all, but you know, calling it a career for him as far as a head coach goes, he can be an offensive coordinator if he wants elsewhere. But he's never. I don't think. I think this is his last shot. So I would say McDaniel's has to be under the most uh, pressure to succeed. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what I was going for with the whole you know hot seat thing earlier. If he's not going to get fired, like there's definitely a lot of pressure now with his new situation. Yeah. So for this question, look, there are several guys that we've talked about already that are under a lot of pressure already on the hot seat, like. Like Josh McDaniels, like Staley, just any coach name not named Andy Reid, <laughs> and and Russell Wilson. <laughs> like I think those uh-huh. four, maybe not Sean Payton as much, but like McDaniels, Staley, and Russell Wilson. I feel like those are like three really obvious choices, uh, that are obviously under a lot of pressure to succeed this year. Uh, and because I'm contrarian, I will just try to I'll I'll go uh I'll think outside the box a little bit more with this question and not pick those guys. Okay. This choice might be a little surprising. Uh, after those guys, I'm going to go with Justin Herbert, though, which might sound surprising. But I just think that, you know, there are people like me and Will that are big believers in Justin Herbert and, you know, think he, you know, he's one of the, like, what, five or six best quarterbacks in the league. But I think there are also plenty of doubters, and maybe rightfully so, because he doesn't have a playoff win on his resume, while guys like Burrow and Mahomes have been to Super Bowls. And even though Josh Allen, you know he's he's behind those guys in terms of playoff success. He's he's been in the MVP conversation for several years, and he's even won though four playoff games, he's, yeah, even though he hasn't made it to the AFC Championship game, he still has had some playoff success, and he probably should have won that divisional game. That certainly wasn't his fault that they lost. He did that make one. it in twenty twenty to the AFC Championship game. Oh, it's true, the right? Oh, for, they just had no. Ch- <laughs> they didn't put up a fight. Is why I completely forgot about that game. Right? True, true. They did. They did make it to the AFC Championship game once, but uh, Kansas Kansas City definitely uh, proved to be the better, way better team that night. And Josh Allen's had more playoff success. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Than even though, even though it's not Mahomes or Burrow, he's had more success than Herbert. And I just think if Justin Herbert wants to be included in that group with those three guys. And maybe even Jalen Hurts at this point. I he 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 has to have more <laughs> playoff success, and he's only made it to the playoffs once, and they failed miserably after having a twenty-seven nothing lead. And uh, after the the obvious choices of you know the head coaches and Russell Wilson, I guess he'd be the next guy on my list. Yeah, no, I I think that that's a good one. I didn't necessarily think about him partially because he did just get paid at least. But, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, that's it's is... kind of hard to say him because of the contract, but. At the, At the same, same time, time, I think everyone talks about three quarterbacks in the AFC, and he's always kind of like behind a lot of people, you know, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Lamar Jackson. I think that Justin Herbert has kind of fallen down. A he's kind of more so. in that tier than those other three guys that I yeah. mentioned already. Uh-huh. Just to be clear, I think the, you know, the key to this question is you're, you're just under pressure. It's not necessarily yeah. that you're, you know, you're going to get canned or anything like yeah, that. Right. It's just, right. it's that, you know, you you want to kind of silence those doubters at some point. Yeah, no, I completely <laughs> agree. There, there are people out there that say, "Oh, give me Tua over Herbert." Like, <laughs> that's how bad it is when it comes to when it comes to the the Herbert haters. <laughs> you got people. You got stupid people on 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 TV saying, "Oh, he's a social media quarterback." What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> give me Justin Herbert uh. throwing. 
bombs to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Over, guy. over Tua and his noodle uh, arm and concussed head. <laughs> yeah. Or, did you say a pretty look? That dude has that dude is. No, I see that's what the social media thing means, right? Like his his flowing hair. That dude like is a, a walking I don't know. proactive commercial. He doesn't even have a Twitter, does he? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he I don't think he does. I don't he know. Doesn't what even it means. have a Twitter, and he called him a social media quarterback. It's uh, just, the, it's just the, one of the worst takes I've ever seen. Like he's just, <laughs> he's just a bunch of highlights and stuff, but he, he doesn't actually put things together. Uh, Why didn't yeah, he no, just I, say that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't hear the take. I don't know who said it. But it was <laughs> Emmanuel Acho, I think is his oh, name. Of oh, of course. Oh, oh yeah. So so no, bad. He's, yeah, he's he's known for uh, some some wild takes. So, anyway, uh, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on the Chargers, the Broncos, the Raiders in various ways, but there's still a lot of pressure on some within the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. And I am one who likes to pick a single player. I don't like grouping players together, but it's hard for me to say one individual in the Chiefs wide receiver room. It almost feels like as a whole, someone's got to step up. And I think the two guys I'm mostly focusing on are the former first and second round pick, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. Both of them were stars in the Super Bowl. They had one catch and made the most of it and turned into a five-yard touchdown. And great plays. Everyone loved talking about them. They ran the same thing, just identical opposite sides of the the field. Huge. What are you going to do over a 17-game slate this season? Especially if Travis Kelsey, it does not put up another, you know, 1,300-yard receiving season. Juju Smith-Schuster is gone. Marcus Valdez-Handling, you know what you're going to get with him. Like you said, he's a deep threat. He'll have some games where he'll have two catches for 150 yards and you know a touchdown and another one to set him up for a different score. But And then there'll be games at the games... Super Bowl where he'll put up a straight-up zero. Zero, yeah. He's not even <laughs> involved. And I think Tony and Moore are two guys who have high ceilings in terms of just what they're kind of expected to do. Uh, but at the same time, they could just be gadget guys. And I think if if they don't have a wide receiver who steps up and can be at least a threat to go for a thousand yards, then the Chiefs offense is going to take a step back. It's not going to be quite as explosive. And ultimately, other teams in this conference will be able to catch up to them. Uh, so I think to me, there's a lot of pressure on somebody, probably multiple players in that receiving room to step up, especially with you know Juju gone. Miko Hardman was there for a long time. He's gone. There's opportunities. And I think that those are the two guys that I would focus on the most. Yeah, if you're going to pick anyone in that receiver room in Kansas City, it would be those two guys. So I like that answer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I hate going that direction but you know it it just it's hard to distinguish between anyone in that room um just because they're you know they all are unproven i think that's kind of what we said earlier so um anyway finally we'll wrap up the um afc west by giving a bold prediction for the division and i feel like this is i'm not gonna say it's less bold but i feel like it's a, a less unique answer than i thought just based on a comment that will made earlier but my bold prediction for this division was going to be that sean payton is not going to save russell wilson and ultimately he's going to be benched for jared Sidham before being cut at the end of the season <laughs> wow <laughs> love it so I don't know if you have a different one, Will, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I so I, I actually had two here. Uh, you know, I wrote I, I wrote down two. One is uh, fantasy football related, and that is that uh, this division has uh, four top ten fantasy football running backs at the end of the season. Uh, you know, I think okay. yeah, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that that's that bold of a you know take. I think really it's Isaiah Pacheco is the uh, the, the big you know the, the big jump there. And if Javante uh, stays healthy, off a torn ACL. Yeah, so. well, but but it healthy, we know he can be that bell cow guy. So I think it's really Pacheco that really has to kind of show up. The other or one, McKinnon. Corian, <laughs> uh, yeah, <for> <laughs> he was so good at the end of the year that, uh, like, wow, he's going to be a touchdown machine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought like, oh, he's going to be such a big part of their offense in the playoffs, and he didn't even do anything. <laughs> the the other one is that Russell Wilson uh, wins comeback player of the year. Uh, oh, you know, I, right. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of teetering on the fence. I could see Jared Sidham starting by the end of the season, and I could also see what they've done. You know, putting an actual coat. Like, I, I, I again, I, I go back to those comments of Sean Payton on uh, Nathaniel Hackett. If, if Hackett was as bad as Sean Payton, you know, laid him out on, you know, laid him out to the media <laughs> to be, 
then Russell Wilson is going to turn back into a, a top five quarterback. <laughs> it's, it, it, I mean, there, there is a potential that Russell Wilson actually becomes a guy again. Uh, uh, Nathan- you know, with, Nathaniel Hackett was a is. bozo last year. <laughs> I was, you know, they, they fixed the, they, I, you know, potentially fixed the O line. So I don't know. Bold prediction. Russell Wilson's comeback uh, player of the year. I was higher on the Chargers and Chiefs last year than the Broncos, but I was still high on the. I still had them as a playoff team, and yeah, I, I if that's really the biggest, if that's really the one massive change is the coaching staff, and it makes a huge difference, then yeah, we could see Russell Wilson be in the mix for comeback player of the year if if the Broncos are any good. Unfortunately, Russell Wilson has to compete with a guy who almost died on the field. So he technically did. And technically yeah. did, and Demar Hamlin, so that'll still be tough, difficult. no matter how good yeah. you are, uh-huh. uh, as long as Hamlin just plays all year. Uh, but but <laughs> but if if the Broncos are good, then yeah, Russell Wilson will definitely be in the mix. Uh, mm-hmm. But it also says if if one guy is bold prediction is he'll be benched for Jared Sidham, and the other guy's bold prediction is he can win comeback play of the year. That proves that my answer was right about the uh, who has the higher ceiling. Higher ceiling, <laughs> because I think they have a higher guy. ceiling, but they have a lower floor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that proves my answer was uh, kind of right there uh, for that question. Um, so for my bold call, I'm just not I'm just not gonna give up on this Chargers thing, uh, but. <laughs> They're not going to be my Super Bowl pick. Uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm backing off that baby steps, Corey. Baby steps. Yep. Uh, but I'll 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 say that they'll they'll still uh, I'll say I'll say they'll make the AFC Championship game. <laughs> All right. Yeah. There I think that's that bold, a, just given how is, last year ended. <laughs> it is a baby step. I do agree. Baby that steps. It's a bold call. <laughs> baby uh-huh. steps. All yeah. right. So that'll wrap up the AFC West. Will, thank you for coming on, joining us again. Always a pleasure talking football. So I'm sure we'll try to find a way to bring you on later in the season, uh, maybe talking about your your real team, the Patriots, these other AFC West teams again, really the whole league. (laughs) Or we can talk about my faith in Jared Stidham starting for the Denver Broncos come week nine. That's uh... (laughs) true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see if Jared Stidham does uh, take over. Maybe we'll bring you back on and talk about your Russell Wilson (laughs) comeback player of the the year take. Listen, some takes uh, some takes age better than others. That that, that one might not age well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Brian's definitely made a lot of great takes about the Chargers. Oh yeah, that he regrets. <laughs> Can you imagine if I was a fan? <laughs> oh, I would I would lose my mind. Like I I'm, I would call myself a Chargers optimist. <laughs> if you want, mm-hmm. Like that's the word to use. Oh, but man, yeah. Some of my, especially hey. last year. Oh man! <laughs> In Brian and I's defense, uh, the last time that I was on this podcast, uh, we did predict that the Vegas Raiders were gonna, uh, the, the the Vegas Golden Knights were gonna be uh, something with. True, uh, you did this season. So, I don't know. Uh, last time I was on this uh, podcast, I made a pretty hot take, and if you took them, uh, if you took the took them to win the uh, Stanley Cup after listening to this uh, this podcast, feel free to Venmo me some money from your winnings. But hey. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the first year I didn't pick them to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like ever <laughs> since they went, of course they they finally win it. So, uh, all right, that'll do it for our AFC West preview. So for our guest host Will Kalora, my regular co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corey Botney. Thanks everyone. 